The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before beginning the Tuesday, June 8th Rotowire podcast, I'd like to thank our sponsor, WinBet. W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet. We are live, so it says. This is uh, Todd Zola here with the Z-Team. Todd Zola with Fred Zinke. Uh, pinch hitting for Jeff Erickson on a well get remember look at the camera. Uh, well-deserved vacation. Jeff is off with the family. And uh, pinch hitting on the regular Tuesday pod, talking to... Old friend and colleague, Fred Zinke. Fred, how are we today? I'm good, Todd. I, I don't think I've ever done a podcast before where I'm first in alphabetical order. I, I don't think that's wow. ever happened for me before. Have, have you ever done a podcast where you're first in alphabetical order? Not that I can recall. Uh, when I went to, was I guess it was middle school, Yeah, I was in class with someone whose last name began ZYZ. Okay. So for a couple of years, I wasn't yeah. the last person, yeah. but it was pretty close. Zyz, yeah. man, that's unless there's a double Z out there. Poor, poor kid. He was a good guy too. That's he, you're never you're never gonna beat that. One. I, yeah. I I was with a I remember Shane Zwicker from my kindergarten class, and then he moved away, and then I was at the bottom of the alphabet. I had a ZW for a year, <laughs> and then he moved away, and then I was at the bottom all through school after that. But a Zyz, like you're 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 always going to be last. Yeah, phone book, whatever whatever it is. Yeah, you're, you right. are you are last. All right, so uh, last. Hopefully, it won't be la- the last time we speak. We um we spoke a little bit. We saw each other a little bit this time last year. We're we're doing the uh, the uh, retro drafts. You did a couple of those. Yeah. So we've yeah. had a little bit of contact since this all began. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, it's, it's things are coming out now, right? We'll hopefully um, see each other next March for Tell Wars. 
I hope so. I mean, we see we're in the same Tout Wars league, so we could so we see each other at least online, but we're kind of focused at that time. So, um, so we see each other online at that point. But I, things are coming way open in America and Canada, not so much, but hopefully soon we're getting there. Well, it's a good sign they're getting they they opened it up for the hockey. I'm yeah. now a bandwagon hockey fan. Okay, uh, but enough, but, but enough of that. Let's uh, let's talk some fantasy baseball. Uh, we had another debut last night, Monday night, right? Jackson Cower came up with some pretty good credentials. Yeah, uh, did not do so well. <laughs> you know, uh, did you catch the start? Uh, I watched it on the replay. Um, yeah, not so good. Um, and this is just another one, like in a long line, I feel like of this year of disappointing debuts other than the Alec Manoa debut. Like we haven't seen, we've seen some like, okay. Debuts, uh, Gutierrez on the reds, um, things like that. But the high, like, like, um, what was it? Lynch earlier from the Royals. Kalnick's already back in the minors. Logan Gilbert is starting to get going, but took a while. We are not seeing, uh, uh, impressive debuts when, when for these hype prospects. Not that Cower is that hyped of a prospect, but well, I um, think he is. I, like enough of one. Like I mean, right. I don't think he's on like the Logan Gilbert level. Maybe I at this point, but maybe I don't know. Maybe he is to some people, um, or the Kelnick level or something like that. But um, yeah, we're not seeing. So first of all, I guess just with Cower, like, is this enough to make you? I guess he'll probably have another start. Well, I don't know. Maybe he won't have another start this week. He might have another start this week. So before you had to bid on him on a Sunday. You'll have a little more to go on. If you, if you today, if he was sitting out there in a league with a with a waiver wire, w- would you pick him up, or was that enough to say forget it? To me, it was the yips, right? Yeah. Uh, just l- lack of control, lack of command. His first time out, and not uh, Gilbert is a command and control guy, so that was a little more disappointing to see. Actually, with Gilbert, he was just too middle middle. It wasn't he was wild. He was just too afraid not to throw a strike and got yeah. got hit. He needed to learn to trust his stuff. Work the edges, etc. I, I don't know. I, I I'm a little bit skeptical about the young pitchers to begin with. Even even Alec Manoa, I put in some you know play it safe bids. I had him on some farm teams coming in to the season, so I've I've got some uh, exposure, if you will. But I'm a little bit reticent. I'd rather dance with the devil I know, even if it's somebody not all that good. I don't know, Brad Keller. I, I know what I'm going to get. I know when I can stream him other than the first four starts of the year. Uh, but, you know, it's more of a play-it-safe way to go to go about it than, than to trust the rookies. And I tweeted something out earlier, and I, I shared it with you to, so you could maybe think about it. But, remember, you know, last year there wasn't a triple-A AAA or double-A season. There were some prospects at the alternate site. I'm wondering if we're seeing some inflated, what has been about a month of, of farm ball, I'm wondering if we're seeing some inflated numbers because the top is is just further separated from the middle because they just natural talent is taking over because the, the 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 quality of play just can't be as good when you had the year off. So I'm wondering if we're seeing un, unre- even more unreasonable expectations from some of these stars. That's what we're saying. All these disappointments. I wonder if it's part of it is they maybe weren't as good as we thought they were because of inflated numbers. It's quite possible. It's also possible that these guys, uh, their talent lets them get through in AAA, but the fact that they didn't pitch last year, maybe, or hit in Kelnick's case, catches up with them when they're in the majors. It's like maybe they're not as sharp. Right. They're not as, you know, diverse in what they're able to do because of the lack of a major league season. But maybe in AAA, 
like you said, just the talent takes over. So they just go out and do their thing and they can dominate the competition. But when it comes to really getting competitive, really getting into your bag of tricks, really, you know, having to dig deep, maybe they're, they don't have enough practice doing that since it's been so long since, since 2019. And they've had so few opportunities to do that. I think, I think, I, I don't know. I think this is definitely though, quickly emerging as a year to stay away from players, not stay away from players that are getting called up, but at least, um, put in small bids price and force like you know there's nothing wrong with grabbing them but don't count on them and I, i'm i don't know what to do with kelnick now but i have him on some teams and i was a lot more optimistic than what we've seen so far i still have a little bit of optimism um i have some manoa we'll see how that turns out in the next few weeks um but so I'm, i mean i might get burned on all these guys but this looks like it's not going to be a good year for rookies or at least maybe not a good first half maybe by august some of these guys will have rounded in their you know their most competitive form yeah, good point. Right, right now, Alex Karloff and, and Trevor Larnack are what, treading water maybe with the Twins, right? They're mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. bad enough to be sent down, but they're certainly not crushing things. And the Twins are showing some patience with both. Mm-hmm. And they both improved. Kar- uh, Karloff's kind of taking a step back, but he's in the process, I think, of getting it back together again. Adjustment, readjustment, right? The whole That whole narrative there. And, and Larnack is... Has, didn't really ever take off, but he doesn't look completely overmatched. So those are the two guys right now. But like you're saying, slow. You know, don't and, and look elsewhere for your majority of your production. Those guys are nice filling parts at this point, I would think. Yeah, yeah. We're just not seeing so far. We're not seeing the rookies like who are really making an impact. Like you said, like you've got some guys who are treading water. Um, you know, even if Kelnick comes back and has a little power and a little speed, but hits 240, like he's not at that point, like he, he's around and he's maybe helping a bit, but he's not the impact guy that you thought he was. We'll see where Logan Gilbert and Manoa go. Um, and then I also feel like this year the list isn't deep. Like we're not talking about, like we're not hearing people talk about a lot of prospects who they think are on the verge and they're really excited about. It. We've been waiting for a long time that that list just isn't isn't there. Then I also started thinking. If, if, if we're not spending our fab on rookies, I also feel like this year there haven't been like, like huge fab. Cl- like, okay. So like a thousand dollars was spent on the blue Jays bullpen. I joked with Jeff earlier in, in about may that between um, Romero at some leagues that drafted early and then Merriweather and then um, Dolis. And now we're back to Romero, like about a thousand dollars in some leagues of fab has been spent on the blue Jays bullpen. But in general, we're not seeing, massive amounts of fab being spent on some of these closers because we haven't had that where like uh liam Hendricks goes down and then everybody's racing out for aaron bummer because he's actually on waivers or, mm-hmm. or something like that like like we see a lot of bullpens like everybody's nickel and diming here the reds guy this week or a diamondbacks guy or whatever but it's like 50 bucks 70 bucks 20 bucks whatever so where are you spending your fab this year if you're not going to spend it on rookies, if the closer hasn't emerged, you know, that's an interesting question, I think, is where do you spend your fab this year? Do you wait for a, a, a silly drop in one of your leagues, a guy who gets dropped, and you're like, oh, he should have never been dropped. I'm, I'm going 300 on him. I don't know. It's interesting. You make some good fab pickups this year for not much money. It's hard to figure out who's, who's going to be your 200 or $300 bid, or maybe you'll never have one. Yeah, don't forget Tyler Chatwood with the Toronto, says the guy who yeah. went, on the, went on the Tyler Chatwood bandwagon. Uh, yeah, you heard about my, my faux pas with Jordan Romano when I bid on Sal Romano. And, uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, well, that was in the uh, Rotowire online, so I'm down in fab there. But I think you're right. And I, you, know, you kind of alluded to it, and I think you, you pretty much said it. But the, I think the reason being, 
we don't we're not willing to spend a whole lot on these secondary and tertiary closers because we don't think they'll have the job longer. They won't give us that many saves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're not willing to invest them, and that and the big guy hasn't gone down yet. Uh, so it's there haven't you know there hasn't been a need to to spend. You know, we don't need as much as saves now. Where we're spending, I mean, I think we're talking more in the mixed leagues, the only leagues. It's what are you spending it on? I mean, there's just nothing there. Yeah. And, and well, we're going to talk a little bit when we, you know, uh, a little bit about how how we go about that. Uh, you, uh, someone like Patrick Wisdom, who just you know got lucky, right? He, in, in a in a mixed league, well, we can we can kind of bridge into this. In a mixed league, you're a little hesitant to pick up Patrick Wisdom when he hits a couple homers during a week, but in NL only, he's playing. Yeah. So you're not riding a streak. You're picking up someone with a pulse. But at some point, when is Pat, when does Patrick Wisdom become that? Well, may as well ride the streak, see what happens, and bid the three hundred bucks, or doesn't he? I know that that's the tough part. I mean, on Wisdom in a lot of my leagues, I I price enforced in those NFBC type formats. I bid, you know, where I could have used them, maybe forty bucks, where I didn't really need them. I bid twenty or something like that, just to just to make sure that whoever got him spent a little bit on him, didn't get him for two or something like that. Um, but yeah, we haven't. It's interesting. Like what you can wait till the trade deadline and hope that maybe some some people emerge and you can use your fab on them. Although I think in good leagues, even mixed leagues, in advance of the trade deadline, you'll see players coming off the board in uh, in July. Like in advance of the trade deadline, you're going to see. You know, in good leagues, you'll see people saying, oh, Ian Kennedy might get traded. Let's pick up his setup, man. Oh, um, you know, uh, let's see uh, who else could be. Uh, Stefan Crichton might get traded. Let's put up, pick up his setup, man. Uh, Yimmy Garcia might get traded. Let's pick up his setup, man. So, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, picking up wisdom is a smart move right now, uh, but but not at the expense of 200 of your fab dollars. Right. Yeah, I think it's just a lack of wisdom to – Overexpended that. Point. I mean, so I, I get him in NL Towers. It's not helping me. It, it may help me eventually get to the sixty-point limit, so I don't lose Fab next year. But uh, <laughs> we, we 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 will see what happens as far as that goes. But in general, in a mixed league, you know, not, not so much, you know, chasing a guy like Wisdom. But how do you decide to chase a streak, or do you decide to chase a streak? You know, some of those. It's one. Of, I mean, as someone, I, I don't not so much a numbers guy, but just someone who understands that players are going to get hot and then water finds its level. I have a hard time bidding on the hot player. I'd rather bid on the player I feel is going to get playing time for the next month, and he'll have his hot week during that time. But obviously, I lose out on some of these guys that uh, uh, Texas Adolos Garcia. Okay, I lose out on Adolos Garcia. I thought I was being wise. But it turned out I was being foolhardy. Uh, but is there? Do you? What do you? What's your kind of process, or what do you think about when you're going to fill in hole? You need, I need a guy. I need a. My outfielder's gone. I need a guy this week. Do you get the hot guy? Do you go for at bats? What do you go for? Yeah, I think it depends. I think you have to look at your team. Like you said, I need a guy for this week. Then I, you're probably maybe you go for the hot guy, but you don't spend a lot. But you but you you try to get you maybe put him at the top of your queue um a, a good example in one of my nfpc leagues i just was weak and like things had just kind of fallen apart in corner infield like all through not just the corner infield like first third and corner infield right. none of them were really that good um and jonathan scope was on waivers so he had been dropped and had, off to a slow start in the season but he had started heating up so 
I spent a little bit there and so far so good. Now is Jonathan Scope going to stay hot? No, uh, probably not, but, but I'll ride the hot streak as long as I can. Um, but like, like he said, like with Garcia, like that's a great example. If you didn't get in quickly, he was hot. If you didn't get in quickly on him, you didn't get him. And he's been, you know, maybe the best waiver wire gem so yeah. far this season and may prove to be all the way through. I'm, um, with Garcia, I think, I think one of the things you have to look at, like, like you were mentioning with wisdom is the playing time there. Like as long as he continues to hit, and I don't mean hit at like a ridiculous, like, Oh, he's going to have, if he hits 400, they'll keep playing him. Well, every team's going to keep playing someone who's hitting right. 400, no matter what they'll carve out away. But when he has a week where he hits 240, then will they keep playing them with Garcia? The answer for that was probably because Texas doesn't have a lot in their lineup. They'll have right. a lot in their outfield. Um, you know, so that it's looking around and saying, you know, if you were, uh, I, I actually have some Chaz McCormick cause he was filling in for Michael Brantley. Well, you know, Brantley's coming back and you know, when Brantley comes back, he's going to play. And you know Kyle Tucker is going to play, and you know Jordan Alvarez is going to play. That leaves center field where Miles Straw is not hitting well is the only spot Chaz McCormick could fill in. So I bet about two bucks when I grabbed him because I'm pretty sure once Michael Brantley comes back, which is today, right. that Chaz McCormick will become a fourth outfielder, part-time player. You know, there wasn't really much path there for him to have regular playing time in the long term. So I think looking at what are the chances this player can actually hold playing time? Like, is he replacing someone who's out for three months or is he replacing someone who's out for two weeks? And if he is replacing someone who's out for two weeks, I think then you have to be pretty tentative on your bidding. I agree. And and I'm willing to miss out on Adolis Garcia for someone a little bit safer. I don't have a name that I, you know, I'll get this guy instead of that guy sure. what I did, but I'm, I, you know, maybe it's to a fault but I'm willing to miss out on a player. And I'm kind of with you. Short term, if I know my player is going to be back, or I think my player is going to be back, and thankfully with minor leaguers, we have a little more information now. With rehab assignments, we have a better feel for when players are coming back. I'll look at matchups. I'll look at six games versus seven, lefty, righty, that sort of thing, and try to maximize my uh, efficiency for that one or two weeks. Otherwise, it's it's like you're saying. You try to figure out the time. Jake Lamb is playing now because he's hitting well. As soon as he stops hitting well, Jake Lamb will not be mm-hmm. playing very much. So he's mm-hmm. a, you know, and and not history, well history, but studies show streaks can be snapped at a, at, a, at a moment. So they're they're very unpredictable. I don't mind looking at strikeout rates during streaks because I feel if a player is hitting well and not striking out, there's something to hang your hat on, right? It's not just a BABIP thing, mm-hmm. but. Who is it? Uh, uh, Tyler O'Neill. He's just everything he hits is out of the park, but he's still striking out forty percent of the time right now. So he's a yeah. guy to be careful about as far as all that goes. That's right. Were- the, the strikeout rate's huge. I find the walk yeah. rates not as much when they're on a heater because right. once they're on a heater, they they might not be so quite so patient because everything's right. everything. And, and I get it. That's just human exactly. nature. So, but the strikeout rate, like you said, and just looking at basically their bad from their strikeout rate and. And then look at beyond that. One of the, the interesting things with with Adelise Garcia is if you looked at his 2019 stats in AAA, they were quite good. So then you were like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe he, he was really something. Maybe he would have been something last year if if there had been a AAA season and he could have maybe worked there for a while. I don't know. But, um, but I think the other thing is, is if you're grabbing these guys early in the hot streak and cheap, then when the hot streak runs out, you can just throw them right back. And, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You just, you grab Garcia for 25 bucks. He got ice cold. 
and you just throw them back and you're like, whatever, I lost 25 out of my thousand, you know, I'll, I, I, the opposite of cases that kill Badoo, right. That people yeah. grab for 150, 120. And then a couple of weeks later, when he's, when the blooms come off the rose, now you've wasted all that. If you, if you were able to get some of those guys at the outset of the hot streak quickly, was just starting to heat up. I'll take him for 20, 30. Well, now if he cools off or the playing time disappears, you've, you just release him and, and there's no loss to it. It has to hurt to release Badoo because you spent so much. If I have to release Manoa at some point this season, that'll really suck. Right. So it's, it's as if you get the good week, you leave him in there, then you get the bad week before you know to release him. Mm-hmm. It evens out to something in the middle, but you paid $100 for something in the middle, whereas someone else who just paid $20 for something in the middle got the middle for two weeks, got what is expected. So it's you get the same production possibly for, for less fab. However, you also r- run the risk of, not having it be Badu, having it be Garcia, right? And, yeah. and and getting someone for the season. But yeah. that's just one's risk aversion, one's philosophy. The league format is in a you know an all overall type MFBC competition. You know, there's all sorts of things. And to me, that's is a weakness of my personal game. Is I'm less likely to take chances of that nature. But that's uh, it's I, I need the perfect storm to do well. And I don't think that's the right way to approach it. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. These times. Now, now, okay, so this is interesting. I was actually talking to Jeff Zimmerman about this. Not that specific thing, but so you said this is a weakness in my game. And I try to always, I'm always trying to figure out what are my weaknesses in my game. And then I almost like go through in my head. So, so for example, I felt like for years I did not give enough credit to the aging curve. So I'd be too high on 37 year olds, 36 year olds, things like that, as far as their durability and skills. So, so when I would be doing my projections during the season and I get to those Nelson Cruz types, which would always burn me because he's the outlier. But honestly, if you miss out on Nelson Cruz, but you miss out on all the other guys who fail at that age, it's overall a net win. So when I would be ranking players, I would be like, calm down, Fred, calm down. He's 37, right? Like, like don't get carried away with these projections. He's probably going to be a little bit worse next year. Yeah. Don't expect him to have, play 145 games. Do you ever find yourself just knowing, cause I'm always trying to figure out what are those weaknesses. And then, so do you ever find yourself when you're doing your fab bids on Sunday being like, come on, Todd, you got to live a little bid on some of these hot streaks, go for it, put a few extra dollars on this guy. Don't be too tentative. Cause you, if you feel like that's maybe, or are you just like, this is just who I am. I am aggressive early in, okay. in, in mixed leagues. Over, I mean, I just 
bid four hundred and seventeen dollars on Sal Romano. I mean, it meant to be good. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel as though later in the season I can be more efficient with my bids mm-hmm. and and make up for you know and, and get do okay with lesser numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of my my mo is to get the phone ringing during podcasts. So <laughs> you are not you are not a. Uh, a, a missed or, or or an exception to uh, the, the the running joke. Who's going to call Zola during a podcast? And the thing is, one of my phone rings, the other doesn't. I just found the phone that rings today and charged okay. it, or else this wouldn't have happened. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but I only find things that I'm looking for something else. Okay. And I needed I need to get a uh, my my license renewed, so I need my birth certificate to do it online. So I was looking all over for my birth certificate. And um, I found my old phone. But anyway, oh, there you go. <laughs> just the way. Uh, <laughs> Did you find your birth certificate? No, no. Okay. So I still. Uh, but I also found that I don't need the special fly license for another two years, so I'm not quite as okay eager, if you will. But okay. uh, yeah, it'll be when you lose your phone. You'll be looking for your phone, and then you'll find your birth certificate. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, if I didn't lose my wallet so much, I also clean the place up when I lose things. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. You know, that's so people, you, know, you should put your wallet in the same place. You'll never lose it. Well, then I'll never clean my place up either. Right. So, <laughs> right. yeah, it's just, it's just the way it goes. But anyway, now, what what were we talking about? Uh, fab, fab bidding and. Yeah. Like, yeah, do you ever, so do you I, ever try yourself pushing yourself? So you said you bid a lot early. Yeah. Including on Sal Romano, but sometimes even on players who you actually want. Um, so you're you're okay with just kind of emptying a good amount in the first, say, six weeks or something. Yeah, if, too much. There's a guy that I want. I, you know, I, I'm going to get him. He's mine. Right. right. I will, I, you know, he overbid. Well, I think everybody else underbid. Uh, right. So, you know, but, you know, funny, you know, I'll, I'll tell me in October if I overbid. But I still, I'm still hesitant to take a big chance on some of these Adolis Garcia types. Right. You know, I try to, I, you know, I know that I can look at StatCast and figure things out. So um, I, I I think I've got Garcia in an AL only, like I said, because he's breathing, and I'm on a team with Derek Van Riper, and I enjoy uh, teaming up with DVR just because it's fun to team up with DVR. But he's more of a, a risk taker, so he, he he puts the list of uh, of players down, and you know there the high roll high risk high reward, and then he'll say, is there anybody else? And I say, you know what, let's ask let's add Josh Reddick to that list. Boring old Josh Reddick, right? Right. So we'll put him on at the end, you know. Whereas, you know, so so I get, you know, if every if all of his chances, you know, don't come through, at least yeah. I get boring old Josh Reddick, something like or something something like that. So I, um, that the in fact, I mean, you know, I have other things in my game that I'm not happy with, and we'll see what happens next year during during our salary cap drafts because I think I need to approach, you know, spoiler alert, change my approach there. But we'll right. uh, we'll see what happens, but um. Interesting weekend for Fab. I don't know. Did you find? I didn't find a whole lot out there this past weekend for Fab. When, it, when there's not a whole lot out there, I mean, we can talk about who we got, but I mean, when there's, I, I know, I know, I, I think I know the. You know, I think I pretty much know the answer to this. You don't look at this guy, nothing out there, and just move on to the next project. I think, I think we both probably try to use this to our advantage that there doesn't seem to be a lot out there, right? My Fab bids, I felt like this week took forever because it's easy to just be like oh i want alec manoa 350 dollars done um that doesn't take very long it it, i'll throw in a bunch of guys behind him because but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna win them uh this week i i had a lot of players to drop which is not a good thing but i had um 
Eliezer Hernandez in basically every league. Uh, so he could go. I had Cody Poteet in a lot of leagues. He could go because those two Marlins pitchers were hurt. Um, anyways, I just beyond and beyond those two, I had a couple other, you know, streamers and things like that. Most of my teams, I had room to add three or four players, but it was finding players who you wanted to add, you know, and, and like Eliezer needed to go, like I'm not holding him till August or something right. for his next start. Right. Like right. he needed to go. So I needed a deep big group for him. So this week I felt like my fab bids took forever. Um, and in the end, I ended up grabbing some pitchers who either showed something interesting last week for, and I'm talking like sub $10, uh, something interesting last week, a little bit of uh, Patrick Sandoval, a little Caleb Smith, um, and, or someone maybe who had a decent schedule coming up. I grabbed uh, Brad Keller in a league. Um, I don't think Brad, like you said, it was funny that you mentioned him earlier. Like, you know what you're going to get from Brad. Outside of those first few starts of the season, you know what you're going to get from Brad Keller. He happens to have an okay matchup this week and a two-start week next yeah. week. So so I grabbed him. We'll see if, if he's still on the roster in a couple weeks. But it took forever to do my bids this week, I found, because there weren't, on hitters or pitchers, there wasn't a lot that I wanted to uh, to bid a lot on. But at the same time, that's when you really have to try really hard and start really looking deep and looking at injured players or you know maybe someone who's debuting this week. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't easy this week. See, what I like to do, and I think you, you kind of did that, you alluded to the same sort of thing. If no one is, if there's no one everybody's targeting, I like to try to look ahead mm-hmm. and put a one, two, or three dollar bid on someone who I may drop next week because I may be wrong. But what's one, two, or three bucks? Yeah, uh, Bradley Zimmer uh, was someone that you know he, he didn't go nuts this week, but let's let's get him the week before he steals four bases, right? I know yep. I don't think people are on Zimmer and in, 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 you know steal you know uh, Jonathan India was someone who's been dropped. I was able to pick him up okay. in a few leagues. Yeah, I've got – well, actually, a couple of weeks I had Colton Longhurt, so I needed him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I've got, what, Cesar Hernandez, something in the middle, middle of the line, Jonathan Scope, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. All right, so now, actually now I have to think which one I'm going to use because there, there's no obvious answer. But he's a useful player, second base, third base eligibility. But it's not like he went out there and crushed it, but what he does have another good week. So that's what I try to do is find players that you can – you know, you spend a couple of $3 – and if you have to drop them because you need someone else in a different position next week, you're not going to lose a league because you have three fewer dollars in September. Right? No, you may, you may, yeah, no. that's you know, that's so that's what I. And uh, Paul Fry, I mean, no one was all yeah. over Paul Fry, but I had I had gotten my eight saves from Cesar Valdez, so I was happy to get I'll get happy to get three from Paul Fry, if you will. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in the future, uh, Demarcus Evans is someone throw a buck on him. Sure, yep. Kennedy gets traded. You may have a closer, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're especially if you're willing to hold them, um, right? And what else you can do if you just really don't find anyone who you want to pick up in Fab is you can just grab a good setup man for a dollar, and mm-hmm. just maybe this is the week that he comes in. Like maybe this is the week that Araldus Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, one of these guys gets hurt, and maybe you like maybe you have a closer. You you, you grab, grab, I don't know if Chad Green and for sure be their closer anymore in that circumstance, but um, you know what I mean? Like you can always just do something like that where you just grab a a good setup man for a week. Just see if you strike gold. If you don't strike gold, release them next week if there's someone you like. Yeah, Automat Avino had seven games this week. So you pick them Mm -hmm. up because the Red Sox have seven games. Half Mm -hmm. the league has five. You lucked in with save Monday night. 
Of course, I ended up dropping Ottavino to pick up Paul Fry, but right. that's just why. Uh, that's just my, what uh, the way my season's gone. I think but, that's uh, still. A, I think that was still a worthy. You're right. What Derek Hardy process yeah. over outcome, right? Yeah. You got to. You, you know, so at some point, you got to start questioning why all your outcomes are wrong. Mm-hmm. But, but, but still, it's a major. Uh, still a matter of process. Over outcome. We had a few questions on Twitter about some disappointing players. I know that we wanted to talk about Manny Machado. So let's talk a little about Manny Machado, and we can uh, bring up some of the players on uh, on Twitter as well. Um, I've actually I've seen because I enjoyed listening to Don Arcillo's uh, calling a game with the Padres. I, I've seen a lot of Machado this year, and it's like I didn't I didn't even realize he was doing that bad or poorly. Just doesn't look it. But- yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys who like he hasn't done he hasn't bottomed out where you're like oh I like I can't even use Manny Machado. He's like he's fine. Um, he's got six deals, which is helping him, but he hasn't yeah. been, he hasn't been, especially from a power perspective, he hasn't been the, the Manny Machado that we were expecting this year. Actually, from a batting perspective, either, he hasn't been the Manny Machado that we've been expecting this season. Right. And I think some of it is he had such a great year last year. Okay. He's back to where he was. You know, he's back to the Baltimore Manny Machado. And now I know it's a little, you know, granular and nerdy and people don't like to think along these lines, but it's a new, po- it's, it's, he, he out hit his ballpark last year mm-hmm. and a lot of what's happening this year is he's hitting the way he's supposed to, but the ballpark's keeping him in the yard. His, his underlying numbers, uh, average exit velocity is, is a career best. Now I, I believe in component exit velocity and I'm going to try to look up his fly ball exit velocity as we're talking. Cause to me, that's where as far my studies have shown average exit velocity on grounders and line drives aren't, Aren't, don't correlate very well to batting average, which is what we care about. For but for right. power, it's everything. So it made you that it, he he's not hitting the falls as hard. But mm-hmm. in general, I think that he's a guy. If people are concerned, I want to trade. The underlying numbers are just too strong. I think anyway to to worry about Machado. But keeping in mind that last year, you can't just prorate last year. He, he out hit yeah. his park last year and we need to, you know, take a dial it back just a little bit. And uh, so average egg velocity on fly ball is 95.8, which is just sick. He's the, the power will come with Manny Machado. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, this isn't the best part for him, but when you look at someone who's so consistent from a power perspective, like two, four, five years in a row, yeah. with 32 homers or more. And I know most of those years were with Baltimore, but still five in a row, and, and he's still young enough that he's still in his prime. He would have easily been over the 30 homer mark last year, even if he had cooled off, like he already had 16 and 60 games. So, um, you know, and, and he's so durable, which is one of the great things about Machado, but yeah, his BABIP's down a bit. Like this is lowest BABIP of his career uh, so far that hurts his batting average a bit. Um, his strikeout rates up a little bit. So yeah, I think he's not last year's Manny Machado, but instead of the 239 hitter he is right now, he's probably a 270 hitter or something in in that range. And I know his XBA is a little below that, but I think he could get going and maybe be like 265, 270 hitter going forward with plenty of power and a fair share of steals because Padres run. So, and that's a big deal. Like the six steals, um, which is the same almost where we've hit the point this season where most players have played a similar amount of games to what they played right, last right. year. 
And so it's interesting to look at those two totals now. And he got six last year. He's got six so far this year. So he's really profiling as someone who can easily steal you 15 bases in a season. So yeah. that's, that's a big deal. So I think, I think he's someone, yeah, who could be in, in trading leagues, maybe, maybe a little undervalued. It's hard to say because somebody took him in round, probably round two, maybe early round three. So they they valued him a lot at the outset. So it just depends if that person's gotten frustrated with him or not. If they have, then there could be a buying opportunity there. Right. So you said 16 homers and 60. So that's what, 3,220. So, I mean, I think that, you know, in the low high 30s, low 40s is high when he's hitting 33, 34 in Candom Yards. So that's where I was, you know, the point I was yep. making where yep. let's, uh, let's expect 30 home runs in Petco Park. Of course, you could always go over, you can always go under. But I think that that's that's what the expectation. Speaking of uh, third baseman, we were asked on Twitter, and you guys see me wiping away the sweat. And as I tweeted out, whenever I uh, wipe away the sweat, that's my secret way of saying thanks for listening. Uh, in a ninety degree weather, without if I put the fan on, uh, all Fred would hear. He'd think I was he'd, there'll be cicadas in the background. <laughs> so I will be. Uh, you don't get you don't get cicadas in your neck of the woods, do you? No, we do not. Yeah, they, they don't like to cross the border. So uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not getting them here in New England. It's just I hear about it. You know, so yeah. friends are telling me about it and, you know, call someone up and you hear <laughs> in the background, you know. And, but anyway, so um, Anthony Rendon, did, I, I did a little work. Did, did, you, did you have any, any thoughts on, uh, on what's going on with Anthony Rendon? Yeah, I, like I, I don't know if Anthony Rendon's been healthy this season that's that's something that i kind of wonder okay. like we're looking at like like so i have zero rendon shares so i haven't followed him closely except just kind of researching him for today's uh episode but um I, I wonder if he hasn't really been healthy this season. Like I look at like over on his fan graphs page, like now it depends which if you use his stat cast hard hit rate or his fan graphs hard hit rate, but his fan graphs hard hit rate is down a lot this season. Um, if you go to his stat past stat cast numbers, his XBA is down a lot. His X Woba is down a lot. His X slug obviously therefore is down a lot. Um, the strikeout, the walk rate, like, not terrible like like they're maybe not his best but they're not terrible but it seems like when he's making contact this season he's not making the, like the the best contact that he's made in his career what what do you see with him actually i'm going to make sure i'm looking at the right page uh before i uh before i uh, talk about what i want to talk about um to me it's it's uh, i don't know about the health and actually you know what the irony is it's it's well I'll stick with I'll stick with Rendon again. Getting granular here, uh, batting average component batting average in balls in play on ground balls. Past five years, it's been two eighty one. This year, it's one ninety. And the exit velocity is the same. Uh, things are things are, are are pretty much the same. So whether it is, it's not always shifting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, defense. It could be just defensive positioning. Mm-hmm. It could be hurting him in that regard. Is he's, he's not getting not getting the ground ball base hits that he normally gets. And the other thing with Rendon, and again, you know, sometimes I try to be the smartest guy in the room, and it works. And other times, it's uh, it doesn't work out as well. His he hits he hits fly ball. I mean, this sounds dumb. He hits fly balls higher. His average his launch angle in fly balls is higher than average, which means that he just hits more with a higher launch angle. And with the ball getting the uh, wind resistance with the higher seams knocking down the fly balls, it could just be that his power is a little bit affected 
because he's just, he doesn't hit the uh, the screaming line drives that we see of Vlad Guerrero Jr. or someone like that. Uh, the, the, the more majestic fly balls that Rendon hits, they're losing carry. His fly ball average fly ball distance is down 20 or 10 to 15 feet from previous seasons, which in his park is huge. If he's a lefty hitter, it's it's a it's good for home runs Angel Stadium, but not so much for righties. So between some hitting into some bad luck on ground balls mm-hmm. and the ball itself hindering his type of power because his exit velocity on fly balls is it's higher than it was last year, but not as high as it was with uh, with Washington. Uh, I think he's just um, maybe we need to lower power expectations, but expect a batting average bounce back. Yeah, lower power expectations is something I wanted to mention too. So I've rarely had Rendon on my teams once in a while, uh, but rarely. And one of the reasons, oh, and this is over his whole career, is I've always seen Rendon I, like as kind of like a 20, maybe 25 homer hitter, um, you know, but a good all around player, a better real baseball player mm-hmm. than a fantasy player um and that's how i've always viewed them and there's nothing wrong with that at all because they don't play they don't really play for us they play for their teams um he had the one year with the 34 homers two years ago and i feel like maybe some people are clinging to that a little bit and expecting that but i mean if you look at all of his seasons outside of that contract year it's it's basically 20 to 25 homers take last year right with um nine and you you could trip in his 52 games you triple that or almost triple it and here we are again 20 to 25 homers so the power is down we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sure, down like he's on pace, but he's only played in 39 games. But still, he, like, he's not, he's more of like a, a 12 homer guy so far. But I think he could go back to being a 20 homer guy, 22 homer guy, something like that. But I think we have to stop thinking of Rendon as this potential fantasy superstar. Like that was one season where everything clicked. I don't know if it was because it was a contract year. I'm not going to bother getting no. into that. But there's, an- there's another reason it was the ball year. Right. Yes. Yes. And maybe he's someone who really like really with his power skills, as you were discussing and detailing, like maybe that ball really helped him go for the the 25 to 35 or 20. Based on fly ball distance, our our, our friend Mike Podhoser from Fangraphs study that shows it's not fly home runs don't correlate to home run distance. They Mm -hmm. correlate very well to fly ball distance that it jumped up 16 feet that year. He, mm-hmm. he just was somebody who 
Uh, he was on that borderline of if I get a few more feet, my power can go up. Yep. But if you lose a couple of feet, your power can go down. And he's just in that range. And this year, excuse me, I think he's being hurt just a little bit more. Uh, and I, I agree that he's a very, very he's kind of he's kind of the guy that I like. That you know, I like this even in the third round. I want the steady guy over the upside guy. And that's why, you know, when I teams that win, everybody comes through. I don't get a whole lot of 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 you know, outlying performances, but, you know, different strokes for different folks. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I would I would hang tight with Rendon. If you can acquire him, um, I should look up the, the Twitter guy that, that sent us the, um, that, that sent us the note on Rendon. I think that uh, hang tight, better, better days are ahead. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. You also got a couple, uh, an inquiry on, you know, Louis Castillo, the uh, the, the, the the weekly weekly <laughs> Louis, Louis Castillo question, and, and Adalberto Mondesi. Uh, I'll let you, uh, you know, get him real quick because my answers are real simple, and maybe you can elaborate if you have something. I don't, I don't know what to do with Castillo anymore. I think I thought I figured it out. Nope, that wasn't it. That, it's this. Nope, that doesn't it. He's got to be better. Whatever narrative, heat, this. I mean, he's got to be better than he is. And you, he's maybe a little better, but he's not Louis Castillo. So I'm at a loss. And he was somebody that I. I jumped up towards the end because I thought he was a pitcher who could benefit with the reduced flight ball as it was supposed to be coming into the season, but he hasn't even gotten to the point where fewer homers helped. And real quick with Montessi, I don't think there's much to say. When he's healthy, he's going to be great. We just have to wait for him to be healthy again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Starting off with Montessi, yeah, he just hasn't been healthy. Um I, I've mentioned on on this uh, on these Tuesday podcasts before that Corey Schwartz used to say to me when he played fantasy baseball that he didn't like taking the Mondesi types where so much of their value was tied into the steals. And Mondesi is for sure not a one trick pony. Like he can hit you fifteen home runs if he's in a full season, maybe even twenty. And and his average is is average. Um, so he's not a total one trick pony. But obviously, most of his value is tied into the steals. Corey never liked to get into those guys because he just felt like you were putting too many eggs in one basket and one lower body injury and all of a sudden poof there goes a lot of their value i've never totally agreed with that um i think you could see for example the very last player we just discussed with rendon um if he's not totally healthy you mentioned with rendon not the same batting average on grounders well he was on the il with a knee injury like maybe he's running a little slower i don't know i haven't looked it up but maybe he's running a little slower maybe maybe. yeah a couple steps short on a few of these um and maybe that'll he'll get healthier as we go and that'll work itself out but with with modesty yeah when modesty comes it's really frustrating you know, if, if you drafted him and I have him on some teams, but especially if you drafted him 
with a goal of finishing in the middle of the pack in steals um, on the basis of his him getting a 50. Uh, that that That's really frustrating. It, it, there's just nothing you can do about it. I don't know if there's a, a takeaway for next year and beyond with Modesty. I guess there is a little bit on roster construction. And do you want to tie up half or almost half of your expected steals total in one one player and his his two hamstrings so or not but um i think i honestly think that my takeaway with modesty is a little bit is that it's just been unlucky he's not the only guy who's been like hurt a lot this year but he's just a really unique skill set i think so he draws it draws a lot of attention i think people will have real takeaways from this don't you as to, as to that skill set and whether you should spend a lot on a draft for it oh for sure i think it's going to definitely slow the roll but this, all it takes is one person who in the nfpc in the overall well i if i you know i Mon, Mon, Mondesi's the type of guy i need to take it down i don't agree with that but this all, all it takes is one out of 15 to yeah. push him up and he got pushed up way up towards the end of the uh, drafting season he, he became a, a a wheel pick i think in some leagues and it's just the steals are just that high potential and i think he was running a bit in spring training but I you know I I do agree you know with, with you know Corey was a very very good fantasy player back in the day as you know uh, good friend too Tout Wars and uh, 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 he still helps me out a lot when I need some uh, uh, stats and some stuff like that and behind the scenes he's always been great uh, for that sort of thing but um, now Castillo yeah what do you want what well I'm done I, I I don't know I I I wish I had the answer. Because I would make a lot of people happy. I don't. Uh, it's I don't know. So he isn't really getting better. Like when you look at his game log, like we could say he's getting better because last game he only gave up one run and it was on a solo <laughs> homer. But at the but at the end of the day, in his last start, he only struck out five in six innings. Which nah. um, he just he just had a one twenty five BABIP in his last start. Like that, that's it. Like, like in other games, he had had high, high BABIPs in last. He, that, so he is getting some, a little bit of luck correction. Um, I always say with Castillo this year, like, like if you absorb, have absorbed his full ERA, like that is your fault because he, the start at Coors was the disaster and no one in their right mind. I didn't even, st- I have him in our tote NL league. Like there's even in an NL, there was no way I was starting him at Coors the way he was going. Like he's, you don't, I don't care if he was, if I spent 25 on him at the auction, like right, you right. can't, you can't start him. So you didn't get that start, but you still haven't, you've just been getting consistent, like blah, like consistent, like five innings, four runs, five innings, five runs, five innings, maybe six innings, three runs. If other than that one start, I don't think he's come around. Uh, he can't, he is not able this year to put batters away. His strikeout rate is way down. It's 19 and a half percent. It was 30 and a half last year. His career is 26.2. His strikeout rate is way down. He can't, he's some, for some reason this year, he can't put batters away. His velocity is fine. But then as you go through him a little bit deeper, um, like batters are making contact in the strike zone more often than they usually do with his pitches. And this is a big one. They're making contact way more often when they swing at pitches outside of the strike zone. Uh, That was 53% last year and 50% the year before. And this year it's 66. So like, he's not fooling anyone. Even when, like, even when he's throwing balls and they're swinging at them, they're hitting them and put like, at least they're making contact. He just can't put, hitters away right now and until he can do that he can't be anything near 
the second round pick that he was in most mixed leagues. That that's my takeaway on him. I do think he'll get better with the weather. He can't really get much worse. Um, there's a lot of soft landings in the national league for him to at least be okay. But I mean, his, his FIP, his ex FIP, they're all in the, in the mid four, basically average out to the mid fours. His XCRA is four one nine. Like maybe he could be those, those numbers going forward not the 663 era like i said if you take the cores out you've probably had a high fours or a five era from them right, right. um so not as much of a killer but but i don't know if you see him differently than me but he can't put he's not putting hitters away this year it's that 10 percent of strikeouts he's not getting all i have and i talked about it and it's also it's speculation is that the his bread and butter is a change up and we talked about the seams a little earlier it might just be that his changeup is not as effective with this baseball. I'm not talking grip. That's a whole other story. It's just the uh, whatever. Maybe it's not I'm not talking about the sticky stuff, but maybe with the seams, the grip, it just doesn't – his changeup isn't effective. I looked into it, and by the numbers I have, it showed it was ineffective. I, uh, I I mentioned this in a podcast with Clay Link. I, I emailed our friend Eno Saris, who uh, said by his stuff metrics, it's not where it was either. Wasn't exactly sure why. It's just the changeup isn't the devastating changeup, and that, and as you know, I mean, the, the, the thing about the changeup, it's 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 more of the deception, more of the off balance nature than it is just you know breaking away from the bat. It's having the hitter off balance, and that you know, that this could be why they're hitting more pitches out of the zone is uh, they're they're just not being fooled, and they see it. You know, I'm hitting a fastball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the fastball is a couple inches off the plate. This, this, the the plate's arbitrary. You know, some of these players still can hit a ball a couple inches in or outside, depending upon their swing. So it may just be that they're they're able better able to sit on the fastball. I don't, you know, you don't sit on a changeup, but maybe because it's not as effective. If you get a changeup sitting on fastball, maybe you're a bit, you know, even if you just foul it off, mm-hmm. keeping keeping things. And that's one of the things he's not going deep into games either. So uh, yeah, it's just it's a what to do though. I mean. I know this sounds kind of you know weird, but in order in order to recover from Louis Castillo's damage, you need second round Louis Castillo. You know, so it's yep. almost like you got to use him. You, okay, I'm, I'm in eighth place now. The only way I'm going to get to second or third or first is with Louis Castillo, but I run the risk of getting it twelfth or thirteenth too. So it's just where how do you want to go about it? Uh, yeah, I think he, I think. He, you still mostly use them and, but you stop thinking of them as your ace or your number two. You, I don't think, I think in trading leagues, I think we're almost past the point where you can trade them away on name value. I don't right. even know if you can get a lot for like, like I write the, a weekly trade article for, for Yahoo owners. And I early in the season, you know, I was saying, you know, buy low on them and things like that. Um, I don't think you, if you wanted to trade away Castillo, again, I'm saying in a good league, like there are some leagues with suckers in them and things like that. But in a good league, I think if you wanted to trade away Castillo and just cut your losses, I don't think you're getting that much for him. Do you? Um, No, I don't know. Would you, uh, I'm going to try, trying to segue into something. I know you wanted to talk about here. Would you trade Louis Castillo for Nathan Eovaldi? (laughs) <laughs> oh i found one i found one <laughs> i like Yavaldi, so i like Yavaldi, so i think i would so there's your kind of trade i guess is if you're a castillo owner and you and you're done you just don't want to wait anymore 
then find a guy maybe around that Eovaldi level and and say, you know, I'll but but one that you like. And I, I also think I mentioned this with Jeff last week. I think an easy thing to do excuse me, and I don't have it in front of me right now, is go and look up the NFBC ADP for the Memorial Leagues. Find your guy you want to trade. Look for pitchers or players who were taken around him. I don't know. I, I could try to pull up Castillo's ADP for those leagues, but find some pitchers around him. Find one you like. Find one who went a couple rounds later than him who you like, and there's your trade. But other than that, I think you're probably just going to use them, and you're just going to hope that hope that he comes around, but I like, I don't see him snapping into, I guess it's possible, but I don't see him snapping into like, like peak Luis Castillo, like in the next two or three, four weeks to you. Well, that's, I, this, that's the thing. You know, someone who does projections, uh, I'll use, you know, Red Sox fan. I'll use JD Martinez as the example. Everybody pretty much middled him, right? They, they took the bad year and they took the good years and it came out to something in the middle, but in my head, I'm, I'm, that's what I did too. But in my head, I'm thinking he's either the really good guy or the really bad guy. He's not in the middle. So I yeah. so that's it, it, to me. If Castillo, if there's something wrong, he'll be fixed, and we'll get second round Castillo with mm-hmm. the high whip. But that's why he's not first round because of the high whip. So I'd like. I think that there is a chance that we, if it is something we don't know. I mean, if it's the ball, it's not going to happen. If it's if it's the weather, maybe it is. We'll know soon enough because it's starting to warm up out there, friends. It is, yep. Uh, so we'll know soon enough. And there's enough anecdotal evidence that weather's a factor at this point. I mean, not every single cold start stunk and every single warm start was better, but there's enough seasons now where you can't categorically dismiss it as narrative. So a little a little something there. But um, alluded to it, uh, Alluded to it with, with Nathan Evaldi. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the Red Sox because they, and I, I kind of like to talk about the Blue Jays pitching staff because I'm a little. <laughs> I think I think we're gonna actually the Blue Jays offense. I think we're gonna be uh, you know on the other end of a lot of of a lot of close contests in the next several years the way these two teams are shaping up. But uh, I never thought I would say that the Red Sox would have a much better chance if it was Eduardo Rodriguez that would turn things around. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. By the way, while you were segueing, I did look up Luis Castillo's Memorial Day ADP. It's actually way earlier than I thought. It's one th- it was one thirty four. Now, some of that could be NFBC drafters who feel like they just want to take a shot at winning their league, so they're a little riskier. But um, pitch- you could get Nathan Eovaldi for him because his ADP was almost a hundred picks later. So, but there were some guys. There are guys like Zach Eflin. Uh, I would take Zach Eflin over him. Um, who went a couple rounds after him? Uh, Chris Paddock, Dylan Cease went after him. Robbie Ray, I think I'd be open to trading Castillo for one of those guys. Yeah, his his his, his, 11, his eleven strikeout game was May eighteenth, mm. so it may have had a little yep. factor in because yep. those drafts were kind of just after that. Although on May twenty third, he didn't fare so well. Uh, so you know, we, at that point, but even so. But, um, you know, quickly, you know, talking a little bit about the Red Sox. Yeah, but let's, yeah, let's go with these Red Sox. I'm really interested in your Red Sox rotation because I can't, 
I, I don't have Nick Pavetta because he walks too many batters. I, I had, I bought in briefly to Garrett Richards when he had a couple starts in a row with like one walk. And now I can't get far enough away from him. I'm trying to get rid of him. And I love Ivaldi, And I think Eduardo Rodriguez should be pitched, should have better numbers than he does. And will soon get better. So yeah. what do you think? Am I on track with that rotation? You see them more than I do. What do you think? I think you're right. Now, the the only the caveat or what I will say is, I think there's tangible changes with Pavetta and with Richards and even with Martin Perez. The Dave Bush, the, the, as a as a not just on the major league team but through the ultimate organization, there's a quicker pace. I don't mean the the actual throwing the pitch, but between pitches, give me the ball, I'm throwing it, and that's just an organizational philosophy. And I think that's helping. Uh, so I think the the landing for Pavetta and for Richards could be a little softer than the they suck crowd thinks that's I don't I don't know if that's faint praise um but the other way to combat regression and the regression should come in the form of home runs that's they there's been some traffic but they haven't given up a ton of homers and going back to the whole ball thing in Fenway you need to hit the ball high to get it out left I mean you don't have to hit it far but you have to hit it high so I'm wondering if some of these, you know, Bucky Dent type home runs, maybe a little further than Bucky Dent, are being knocked down a bit, especially with the cold weather. Uh, and that's when and, and weather warms up and, you know, if the ball stays the same, maybe homers are down a bit, but homers are going to go up. Specifically with Richards, I think he can reduce the walks a bit. That's the way to combat regression is improve skills. Uh, I am more worried about Pavetta. You know, the Red Sox fans just love Nick Pavetta now. I mean, the, the, the non-analytical fans, so I don't really right. get into discussions with them. Um, but uh, but in, in general, I, I'm i okay. I'm, I feel safer with Richards. I'm, couldn't, I can't, you know, can't believe they're in this position. Chris Sale's starting to pitch again. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see what goes on in the next month or so. I think there's definite regression coming. There's a big series with Houston and again over the weekend with New York. Uh, we'll see what goes on there from a perspective, but I would, I agree. I want Ivaldi. I want Richard. I, I want um, uh, Rodriguez. I may cut bait with Bavetta at this point. I'm on Richards. I'm still, maybe it's, I'm cautiously optimistic. His skills combat an improvement in skills combat what we what I want to say inevitable I think because I think it is inevitable inevitable regression right yeah I, I can understand that I think so I, I have I have Richards I think still on my labor team and that's it's just a little deeper with the unlimited IL so I haven't but in my NFBCs I got rid of him just the walk just because the walk rate was was driving mm-hmm. me nuts Do you think there's any sort of with Rodriguez like like everything looks like he, like everything looks like he should have had better results than he's had so far. Do you think there's any sort of fatigue factor with him? I, it doesn't look like it. Like after him not pitching last season and being ill, like do you think there's anything there in play that the numbers aren't picking up? I I don't think so, but I'm open to all possibilities. I think I, there might be. Um, if you recall, in an era where most managers were five and fly, this is previous to the suspension back a couple of years ago. Alex Cora showed. Edward Rodriguez, a lot of tough love. You're staying out there. You're mm-hmm. you're getting through six. I don't care. I'm willing to. You give up three more runs. It's a it's a learning it's a learning lesson for you. A learning lesson. It's a learning experience. So there was a lot of tough love, and I think that helped Rodriguez. I mean, forget trying to chase 20 wins. That was kind of silly that year. Uh, but I I think 
and core is still showing him some of that, but I do think we need to be wary of he uh he was hurt not so much hurt last year, he was sick. He was ill. Mm-hmm. The, That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. You I know, yeah. and you yeah. just worry worry yeah. that now that he's back to being a professional athlete, like could could there be any lingering effects there? But but that sh- again, that should be picked up by the numbers. Like his his velocity yeah. should be down, like something. It should be picked up by the numbers. Well, it could just be towards the end. He just doesn't have quite the ability to – I haven't checked, is he getting burned, you know, the fifth inning, you know, getting through four innings clean and then the fifth inning giving it up or the sixth inning giving up mm-hmm. where he just may not have it – quite have it built up toward the end. And that might not – frankly, that might not even be because he was out. It just might be because he was off for so long and, and, and yeah. not really have to do with the health. But yeah. uh, I, I I think that, that Alex Cora has a decent read on that situation. We'll see, but I don't have him in front of me. I remember I put him in there for the um, the uh, rankings this week for the, the two-star pitchers. He had like a 381 BABIP, and that's not, as you know, I mean, you can't just hand wave it and say that's bad luck. There's also mm-hmm. bad pitching. When it's, when it's if it's 320, maybe there's some bad luck, right? Yeah. When yeah. it's 380, there's some bad pitching involved as well. Yeah. It's not all bad luck at that. I mean, there could be some, but there's not, it's not all bad luck at that. It's same with home run per fly ball. When it's 13, maybe he ran into, a, not Rodriguez, somebody ran into a couple of, you know, wind blowing out. When it's 20 or 22, yeah, there's bad luck, but there's some bad skill there too. There's some meatballs being put up there. So yeah. I don't want to say it's all, it's been snake bit completely, but I do think, uh, I do think he's going to, uh, to make a bit of a comeback. We're talking a little about the Red Sox. JD Martinez is back. You mentioned Michael Brantley is back in their lineup tonight. So that's a good thing, especially because, you may still have an opportunity to get him in your lineups because of the there weren't a lot of Monday games to lock these Tuesday players out, right? Yeah. So you could potentially uh, still get some of these guys uh, back in your lineup. Uh, Ken and Maeda, we can talk real quick. Uh, are you op- any any optimism all that all he needs is some rest? Yeah, a little bit. I have one. I just have him in labor. My labor team's a bit of a disaster, but <laughs> so I have him in labor. Um, yeah, I'm holding out some hope maybe that he you know, was trying to pitch through this injury and then, you know, finally, and it was impacting his performance. He finally shut it down. I'm not expecting 2020 Kenta Maeda. And I never was when I picked him, I only picked him in the draft because he was falling. He fell really far. And maybe that's a lesson for me to be learned too, but I I don't know, like his ADP at the time, this in February, but his ADP at the time was probably like 45 to 50 and he fell to pick 75. So I took him um, and I felt like a pick 75, he was fair, but he, but he had like a fair value, but he hasn't been obviously anything close to that. So I'm hoping that this break maybe helps him reset because I was, like I said, I wasn't expecting 2020 Kenta Maeda, but I was expecting maybe someone similar to what we saw with the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I think a little bit of the, of the, uh, the, uh, the central zone was pumped up a little bit last year. I didn't expect mm-hmm. this crash and it sounds like he's hurt. And if he can get better, I think we, I think, I do think there is hope for this second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up. It's, uh, we got one more pitcher debuting this, or, or another pitcher debuting this week. Uh, Sam Long will be called up for the San Francisco. The San Francisco Giants are uh, going to call up Sam Long. Not a high profile. We were talking about uh, you know, Gilbert and, and, and uh, Logan Gilbert and, all the you know Daniel Lynch, the guys that have uh, been pitching for the for the Royals, being a little bit higher profile. What are you going to do about when we, I, we kind of we're both hedging a bit? Are uh, you interested in Sam Long tomorrow night? 
So I'm not interested in him tomorrow night. I don't think he'll throw five innings, and that's my concern. You know, I, I like I'm if you can't get five innings, then what's the point a little bit, right? You're not going to get a win. So then you're just going for ratios. I'm not going for ratios with someone who just got called up. But I will say that everything the Giants touch from a starting pitching perspective this year turns to gold. So mm-hmm. if he has a good start and now Aaron Sanchez is on the mend, I think he threw two innings, was supposed to throw two innings last night. Um, so I, I haven't checked in to see how that went, but you know he, he's probably a couple more starts away from coming back. But everything has turned, the Giants touch from a pitching perspective has turned to gold this year. So if Sam Long was effective and I thought, sorry, if I thought that he could get up to five innings, then I'd be interested for sure. I, I've definitely got my eye out for giant starters. Cause just ever I've said this to Jeff on here a couple of times. Like if you could just go back and do your draft and take the whole giants, start with an ACE and a closer or something, and then take the whole giants pitching staff, you'd be doing great. Like if you had Gossman and Wood and Cueto and right, like you'd be doing, you'd be doing great. So for where they, they were all dra- other than Gossman, they were all drafted late and they've all been really like quite effective. Right. I think it has to do with the park. Yeah. But the, the one thing that, well, not the one thing, my, my spreadsheet falls short in a lot of areas. I, I it can't program mindset. It can't program uh, Kevin Gossman just going, phew, I'm out of mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I'm out of Baltimore. I'm out of Atlanta. Three very good hitting parks. Look at this place. No one ever hits in here. So I think that not only is there a direct park factor change, I think there has to be a you know just kind of a an attitude uh, sort. Of, I don't mean bad attitude, good attitude, but just it must be nice to to look around and have to squint to see that left field fence, mm-hmm. you know, and you carry yeah. that over. So I, I do think there's something uh, something to that, and um, it should bear out in the numbers over time. And we're beginning to see it with Gosman, but I'm, I'm with you. He uh, long as a former starter. I'm sorry, reliever. He's being now converted back. He showed so much in the alternate site that the team, hey, let's, let's, because he's been a reliever the past couple of years, primarily throws a what, 97 mile an hour fastball. He's got a lanky lefty in a curve. He doesn't have a third fine, uh, fine tuned to third pitch yet. Uh, but, you know, if you're only going five or six innings and you're, you're, you can throw 97 and you've got a deceptive curve because of that long, lanky motion, you know, yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I, you know, it's more, I don't play a lot of DFS and because of the length, I don't know that I would use him tomorrow night unless he was just, you know, dirt, dirt cheap. But um, it, I, I am with you. I am looking at him and I almost hope that he, by the, he looks okay, but maybe gives up a home run later something to drive the cost down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would be, that would be good. Yes. I, I said that when Manoa debuted, I was like, he was too good. Six innings, two runs, six innings, three runs. That would have been a lot better. I could spend a hundred dollars less on him, but so yes, you're right. I, I just, I mean, shouldn't have to know how many pitches he throws and how deep he goes in the game. That's what I'm mostly, I mean, obviously I'm interested in the performance too, but um, I'm interested to see if they treat him like a starter or if he throws three innings. Yeah. I think he threw around 55 to 60 in his, yeah. in his last triple um, A I think it's Sacramento. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you bring it up to 70, 75, which if you're really efficient, you can go five innings. Right. But you know, or are they going to, yeah. Or, or is this just a stopgap thing where he's going to throw 65 pitches, three innings or three or f- three and a third or something. And then and maybe he makes one or two more of those starts and he's back down to the minors to keep working on things. I, that's what yeah. I'm interested to see is how, how far they let him go. Yeah. Is it a one, nothing game is the bats coming up in the fourth inning. So they, yeah, you know, they they pinch hit for him at that point, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's 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 just another you know layer to this season because 
what's happened already is with, with these pitchers, as we talked about, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's taking a chance now on someone that we haven't seen before. So mm-hmm. I didn't take a chance talking to you though. It's always, uh, it's always, it's, we, we could keep, we, we could keep going on and on, but my, uh, my shirt's absorbing too much sweat at this point, which means <laughs> I'm really saying thank you to people for listening. Uh, thanks to Fred for, uh, Putting up with the the rookie behind the mic, at least uh, running the uh, running the show. If we, if you guys are actually listening to it, then we must have gotten it done right. We shall uh, the jury's still out, as they say. But uh, <laughs> you get anything you're working on, Fred? That you want to uh, let it, you know your stuff at Yahoo? Stuff you want to let got a lot of Yahoo on? stuff. Yeah, I got a lot of Yahoo stuff coming out this week. I gave out some trade targets today. Um, tomorrow, no Thursday, a bunch of waiver wire ads, and something's coming out Friday. I haven't figured out what it's going to be yet. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, people don't realize how tough it is to think of things to talk and write about. Sometimes the easiest just, articles are the ones that are just a set topic every week. Like if someone just says, give me 10 fab recommendations every week, I find those are the easiest. You're just like, okay, I've got it. Like now start finding my names and then away we go and explain why I picked them and here we go. When it's more like come up with something to write about, then that one's harder to nail down maybe like, like farther out and it takes a little brainstorming to figure out, okay, what, what is my topic going to be? Especially because there's so much good stuff out there. Now you want to, you don't want to do something that someone else has been doing or don't, you know, you want to, mm-hmm. it wants to be unique and original. And it's getting a lot harder to be unique and original nowadays, but uh, you're finding a way to do it. And uh, I know uh, we, I didn't, you know, we, I don't know how superstitious you are. So haven't brought up NL tout, but this is my impression of, of, of me looking at you and NL tout. So, uh, <laughs> We shall, uh, we shall, uh, you know, good, good luck with it there. Thank you very much. Yeah, this was, this is really fun. If, if, if Jeff needs to go on another family vacation, I, I'll recommend you for the driver's <laughs> seat again. And uh, I just want to add, people know that the, that the camera I'm using does add a couple um, hundred pounds. So uh, no, no, no. Anyway, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for if you're unfortunately watching, why? But thank you. And uh, well, Fred, Fred, Fred's a good-looking guy. It's, it's a uh, I always say that by this point in the podcast, you can kind of say anything. If any anyone's made it to this point in the podcast, <laughs> they deserve they deserve anything they get to hear. Like once once you kind of hit the wrap up part, most people are like, "Oh, that's good. I'm out. I'm out." So if you if if anyone's made it to the hour oh seven mark right here, you deserve all the all the little puns and little jokes that come at the end of the episode. Good, better, ugly. All right. Thanks a lot, Fred. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you guys next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.